Good afternoon and good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we speak with leading brands about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Jody Boyce. She is the Chief Marketing Officer at Karaoke Madness. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us today, Jody. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, first off, we like to start these on a more personal level, get to know those who we're speaking with uh, a little bit about themselves, maybe their past uh, job uh, roles, uh, everything you do at Teriyaki Madness, and maybe a fun fact about yourself, a passion you may have uh, outside of work. Perfect. Um, yeah, I've been in the restaurant and franchising um, industry for 20 plus years, 25 years. Um, I grew up in California. I went to school here at CU in Boulder. Um, in Colorado. And then my first job out of college was driving the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile around the country. Um, so tons of fun, um, kind of launched my career into the food industry, being with Kraft and Oscar Mayer. So I've been with uh, lots of um, brands, all in fast casual, um, a couple casual dining, dining, but Quiznos and uh, way back when they were in the height of their growth. Yeah. Um, Smashburger, Einstein Brothers Bagels, uh, Village in Baker Square. So I came to Taraki Madness about seven years ago, um, and it had everything I was looking for. I, I hope that this is my my last stop for a very long time because um, it's a great brand. Um, it's fun. We are growing like crazy, um, and we have 134 shops open as of today because we just opened two more. So it's been a, okay. it's been fun. Can you provide a brief overview and history of the Mad Rewards program? How does the program work? How do members engage with it? And what are the benefits of being a member in the program? Sure. Um, so we launched our app in 2018, um, but we didn't launch the loyalty piece of it until 2019. It was just such a big shift for our system that we we broke it up into two pieces. Um, we started, and when I started here, we only had 12,000 people in our email database. And since we've launched our loyalty program, we've grown that to 570,000. Um, and so those are very active um, people that want to hear from us. So it's a really captive audience. Um, we went with a very simple point-based system where um, you earn points for every dollar you spend. Um, and it just varies by um, catering versus our regular menu. But we kept it pretty simple, uh, you know, earn points, use them right away for free stuff or save up for something bigger. Um, and, um, you know, as far as how our customers engage, um, they can, like I said, earn points for free food. They can participate in point promotions that we run. We do a lot of things around, you know, holidays or 4th of July or um, coming up Labor Day where we're going to push, you know, a double or triple point offer to get people in. Um, or they can do a refer a friend program um, and earn, earn their, um, you know, five off 20 that way. So, Benefits to us are um, learning customer behaviors. Um, you know, we're tracking all of this uh, journey on these customers as they're ordering, um, as they're in our loyalty program. So we're able to talk to people in different ways, um, whether they haven't been in in 60 or 90 days or whether they come every Friday and get the exact same bowl. So um, that's a huge piece for us. Um, the other big benefit is now that we've been doing this for um, you know, four plus years or longer than that, I guess, four or five years, um, we have the data to show that our loyalty guests are spending eight to 12% more than our non-loyalty guests. 
Um, and to me, that's the whole intent of having a loyalty program is to get guests to spend more and come in more often. Um, and so we've been able to prove that um, the industry has been fluctuating so much with that spend lift. Um, I think the industry right now is something like one to 2% loyalty guests are spending more than non-loyalty guests. Um, we're still hovering around that 8%. So that number has has dropped over the last um, couple of years, but we're still still, you know, one of the higher ones in the industry, which is great. Um, and then I guess the last piece on that is it's not a huge discount program for us. Um, we use it so that customers have to earn whatever it is that they're going to get. Um, I always tell our franchisees, we don't want to be like Bed Bath & Beyond. We don't want customers just sitting and waiting for the next um, offer. I think you would probably agree. You would never shop there without a coupon. So um, we want our customers to earn it um, and then reward them essentially for being uh, oil. As you briefly discussed, you've uh, seen significant growth. Teriyaki Madness opened 10 new restaurants and awarded 45 new units this year and has also seen a 21% year-over-year system-wide sales increase. Uh, how are you able to keep the focus on the customer loyalty program and what strategies have you implemented to manage uh, uh, these uh, significant growth numbers that you're seeing? Uh, really, it's just, it's been growing exponentially. So when we open a new shop, we open two more today, um, we have a much higher adoption rate from the day the doors open. Um, when we first launched, you know, we, we had already had um, several shops open at the time and they've been open for years. We had to go backwards and uh, educate and train and teach those customers who were, you know, already coming quite often why they needed our app, why they needed to join um, our loyalty program. And what's kind of nice is that work is, I guess, we don't have as much work with new shops. Um, we train people from the day the shop opens of the benefits of joining um, our loyalty program. And so we have a much higher adoption rate. So like I was saying before, it's such a captive audience um, because you're not, we're not buying a list. These people are opting in, they're downloading it themselves. Um, and so when we send an email or we send any kind of communication, we've sent emails to our, our you know, 500,000 members to say, hey, fill out the survey. We want to we want to know what new LTO you want, or we want your feedback on something, or hey, here's new um, new news on a new product. It's not yeah. always about offers. And we get a pretty immediate lift and response from our um, from our database. Teriyaki Madness also just launched Flyby, which is an integrated new technology uh, into the Teriyaki Madness app uh, that allows for advanced delivery, uh, pickup, curbside uh, opportunities for the customers. Can you tell us a little bit more about the feature and how that helps to elevate the customer experience? Yeah, um, I mean, technically we're still piloting it. We're gonna roll okay. it out um, either late this year or early next year um, because it turned into a much bigger project as we were getting into it, but for the better. So um, for those that don't know, Flyby is a piece of technology that essentially uses GPS tracking to track customers when they order for curbside pickup or delivery. Um, it's really precise. So it tells the shop um, when that customer is two minutes out, when they've arrived, like literally when they're pulling in to the parking lot. And then um, it's so precise, it will tell them where they're parked in um, the actual parking lot. So the industry is moving towards a lot of drive-throughs and Tarakee Madness were you know, made to order 
customizable. We're just, we're not really built for a drive-through. We won't have them. Um, and so this is our solution to be actually faster than a drive-through. Because if someone orders for pickup or curbside, um, you know, they can literally pull up and we're, our goal is to be standing there on the curb, holding their food so they don't even have to park. Um, and so this technology is helping us track them, know when they're arriving so that our crews can get out front um, and hand them their food because convenience is king. Um, that picked up pretty rampantly in um, during COVID uh, and it's not going away. So people still want convenience for sure. Um, and then the delivery piece of it, um, Flyby is integrated with the delivery partners yeah. and we are already integrated through our app with the delivery partners. So we're actually tracking them as well. Um, you know, our goal is to even run the food out to them um, in hopes that, you know, it eliminates some of the challenges with delivery drivers not wanting to get out of their car and come in and get the food. Um, so it's turned into a pretty big um, initiative um, and I think pretty unique to most fast casual brands. Um, and yeah, it should be should be a good one for us. And what part has technology played in creating a greater customer experience overall at Teriyaki Madness? Yeah, technology is one of those things that's great when it works and it's really frustrating when it doesn't. Um, you know, going back six or seven years when delivery was first starting, we decided to jump in with both feet and work with the delivery partners and work with Olo and Punch and our app and all the delivery partners to be integrated People forget because it works so seamlessly now, but it was probably three years of pain, um, you know, before all the technology kinks were worked out. And now it's a pretty well-oiled machine. When you go to order on DoorDash, it flows directly through Olo and into our system in the shop. Um, the same is true with any technology. You know, you have to spend the time to work out the kinks to find, um, basically try to break it. Um, we've done a couple... Uh, curbside promotions on purpose um, in our test shops where we did 50% off a curbside order to try to get as many orders as we could on one day um, to see if we could break it, to see what, you know, what we need to fix and address. Um, and yeah, te technology is awesome. It, it actually, you know, 95% worked the way it was supposed to, um, but it allowed us to see what areas, um, you know, could be a weakness that we need to address before we rolled out to 130 locations. Loyalty 360 has a, a growing brand community and we meet quite frequently to talk about different topics pertaining to customer loyalty and corporate social responsibility, CSR, is one of those important subjects for brands. Uh, when you look at Teriyaki Madness's fundraising program, you know, percentage of the orders purchased goes to the hosted event during the time frame uh, for the organization that the franchise supports. You know, how does that program work and what does it mean to your organization's culture and loyalty efforts? Yeah, fundraisers are huge for us. Um, you know, it's such an easy, low cost, low effort program, um, but we're 100% franchised and our franchisees really do want to be part of their communities. Um, they are local business owners with a local, you know, brick and mortar business in their community. So doing fundraisers is a natural fit for us. Um, we work with any nonprofit, you know, schools are huge right now because they're all, everyone's going back to school, um, but sports teams and church groups and whatever it is, any nonprofit, um, it allows um, the shop to be, you know, giving back to the community. But um, it also, from a marketing standpoint, 
Uh, we know from our own surveys that people love the flavor of our food as the number one reason they come to us. So if we can get food in people's mouths, they kind of get it and they understand what Terahi is, they understand what we are. Um, and doing a, something as simple as a fundraiser not only gives back to the community, um, but we're introducing the brand to so many more people. Uh, you know, even if they don't make it to the fundraiser, it's free advertising, essentially. The, the school or the program does all the work. Really, you know, another topic that we see a great deal of discussion around is how customers are changing. There was a, a focus, as you know, going into COVID, how customers are going to change, how they may change, and then coming out of COVID, we see a focus as well. A great deal of discussion about how customers are changing, how brands can adapt. You know, how do you see your customers changing, or maybe in the industry holistically, and how are you adapting to that change? Yeah, well, we look at that all the time because before COVID. Um, our, our food travels really well. So pre-COVID, we were already doing about 50% of food out the door, whether it was pickup, delivery, um, or curbside, um, or just takeout. So we were doing about 50-50. During the pandemic, obviously everything, you know, dining rooms were mostly shut down. Um, about 95% of the food was out the door. Um, now we're doing about 80% um, out the door. So we're still really high um, you know, outside the four walls, about 20% are in dining rooms. Um, I'd say the biggest piece that has stuck though, is that convenience factor. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people were forced to use apps for the first time during COVID. Um, a lot of the, um, you know, the older demographic who like my parents would never have used an app to order food before. Um, and qu actually quite honestly, I hadn't ordered delivery personally for home. Um, until the pandemic. So a lot of people were forced to use these apps. They were introduced to these loyalty programs. Um, and so there was huge growth uh, across the, the whole industry there. Um, but I think the part that was lost during COVID um, that we're trying to get back now was a guest experience. Right. Um, we basically opened half of our restaurants since 2020. Um, and so all of those franchisees and those uh, employees have never had people in their dining rooms. Um, they weren't trained on, you know, giving the guest experience. And so that's a big piece that we're, we're trying to get back to um, is giving guests the best experience they can, uh, especially with inflation and how much things cost today. And what is the next big thing for customer loyalty, customer experience that Teriyaki Madness is focused on? For us, it's a, it's a bunch of things, but we have, um, we have every single person in our company right now working on the guest experience. And that goes from everything from back of house efficiencies yep. um, in the kitchen and the systems. And, um, you know, we're working with how to get our shops to be more profitable. The whole goal is how do we make the back of house more efficient so that we can shift labor to front of house and give that great customer experience. So um, we're working with uh, Profit Keeper and Hubworks, which is a back of house um you know, inventory management system and our MAD University, which is a training program and Flyby and all these different pieces, all of them have a technology arm to them. Um, but yeah, the the goal for us and our kind of theme for the whole next like, couple of years is guest experience. You know, the big challenge uh, we've heard uh, discussed a lot recently is the privacy changes. A number of states have privacy regulations and a number of others uh, coming forward. Uh, which can impact a brand's ability to access data, right? How you communicate with customers can be a challenge as well. You know, when you look at 
some of the privacy rules that are out there, how have they impacted your customer loyalty program or efforts that you have to engage with your customers? Yeah, I mean, we've already made some of the, the switches. We did an app update, um, you know, adding in the deletion of, um, or the option for someone to delete their information. Um, there's lots of opt-in, opt-out buttons that were added. So yeah. we've we've been following it as as much as we need to and um, as much as we can. I think we also just at Tarek Madness, we we keep it pretty simple. Um, you know, we we are collecting the data. We're using it um, uh, to email uh, our the people who want to hear from us um, emails and notifications. So um, yeah, we're we're following it. But I also feel like we probably have a, a simple program. Yeah. What are two or three things you're most proud of with your customer loyalty program? One is the growth, um, just the speed of, of growth. I remember when we first launched our app and I was watching the sales and I was really excited. I can't remember what it hit, but I was excited when it hit some number. And now I look at that and we do that in like an hour. So the um, speed at which it's grown and it's really organically, you know, where we've been a, essentially like a, a startup for the last several years. Now we're kind of in our, our teen years, but, um, you know, we don't have huge budgets and we're not doing this huge advertising, uh, campaign. So it's a lot of organic growth. Um, and it's pretty cool to see cause, um, it's working the way it was intended. I'd say, um, the other one for me is integrated systems. Um, we realized several years ago, it is more important than almost anything we do to, um, integrate any new partner that we take on. So as any department in this company is looking at a new system, technology, whatever it is, um, a requirement to work with us is that you're either already integrated or willing to integrate with the systems um, that we already have. When you look at customer loyalty, we always like to ask brands who run programs or should say individuals who run programs, are there other brands that you're loyal to and why? Uh, so for you, uh, what brands are you loyal to and, and you know, what do you like about their offerings? Um, one that comes to mind because I use it a little bit too often is, um, Starbucks. So, um, I do like how they send, um, when they have whatever promotion or, you know, a little sprint of by four days in a row and you get X amount of points, the customer has to opt in to be part of it. And what I've noticed with myself doing that, um, you know, it's, a, I guess a little bit annoying on one side, but the other side that's great is. I opted in to do it. So it's a little bit more top of mind. Um, and even though I'm in marketing and I know what this stuff is, I, I still think about it and like, oh, I, I better buy my drink today to make sure I get my you know, third day and qualify for my points. So I do think that's kind of clever. Um, although I, as a customer, I'm also frustrated that they not only have raised their prices so much, they've made it really difficult to actually earn that free drink. Yeah. Um, so I feel like these, these little sprints they're doing are necessary um, because I'm sure I'm not the only customer who, who sees that, you know, you're probably, I don't even want to know how much I'm spending before I get that free drink. And the last question I have is what can loyalty 360 do to help you and your team in your customer loyalty efforts? I think keep sharing best practices that other people are doing. Um, you know, we have this, this great database now we have all this data and we know what our customers are doing. Um, it's a lot and it's overwhelming. And so to see best practices of what others are doing and, help us make decisions, um, you know, with other fast casual restaurants or um, just loyalty in general. Um, that really does help us when 
there's so much out there we could be doing and we just need to prioritize. Um, so sharing best practices is a big one for me. Well, Jody, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with the state. It was great uh, getting to know you, getting to know a little bit more about Teraki Madness. Uh, the passion you share for the customers, for your program, for your product uh, was very apparent and looking forward to hearing more from you and your team in the upcoming year. So thank you very much. Well, thanks, Mark. It was great to talk to you too. And thank you everyone else for listening. Make sure you join us back for another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. Until then, have a wonderful day and thank you very much.